You're listening to the Missionary Perspective Podcast with veteran missionaries Eric Johnson and Joshua Mead. We're glad you could join us. We trust this podcast will be both a blessing and a challenge as we relate topics in world evangelism from a missionary perspective. Now, here's Josh and Eric. Well, welcome to the Missionary Perspective Podcast. Josh, it's been a few weeks since we've seen each other virtually. How are you and the family been doing? We've been doing very well, uh, you know, staying busy in the ministry and uh, spending time together, just seeing the Lord do some amazing <laughs> things. And uh, we've we've been doing well. I've missed getting on here and uh, connecting with you. You guys have been keeping a busy schedule as well, I'm sure. And you guys got away for a little bit there. Everybody doing great there in the Dominican Republic? Yes, we uh, we enjoyed our time away, went away for a few days and came back and just been hitting hitting the bricks hard. Thanks and praise to the Lord that we're starting a new building project with our church planner. And so uh, it's always good to get get away and rest. And then it's always good to get back into the fray. And uh, most of life is just kind of daily uh, ups and downs, daily tasks. And uh, it's kind of a little bit what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, my cousin, who just graduated from Bible college and desires to plant churches out west, I believe specifically (laughs) in Utah or somewhere in that region, uh, he called me up asking me if I knew any pastors that would be interested in uh, kind of doing a mentorship internship. And I gave him a few names and I think it's going to work out with a guy that we just love. He's a great pastor, a great supporting church uh, in South Carolina. But uh, after he contacted me, he said, Hey, do you mind if I call you? I've got some questions that I want to ask you about ministry. I said, yeah, absolutely. And so he gave me a call and I mean, we, we were on for a good hour or more and the questions he asked were just great questions. And I I think that a good sign, a sign of a great Bible college is when they teach the, the student how to ask the right qu- questions. If you leave Bible college thinking right. you know it and you're ready to go, mm-hmm. um, they didn't do a good job of preparing you for real life and real world experiences. Because Eric, how many times have you said to yourself, they didn't teach me this in Bible college, <laughs> right? Well, a good... Bible college is going to teach you uh, how to ask the right questions so that when those situations arrive arise in your life, then uh, you can address it biblically and uh, with a good balance. And so uh, we went over some of these questions, and I think we're going to kind of go through them one by one and spend the next couple podcasts. What do you think, Eric, going through these questions? Yeah, I think it's great. You sent me this uh, list a few weeks ago or about a week and a half ago, and I was really intrigued as well. And I agree with you that you know, I think Bible colleges prepare you with some foundational principles, uh, but really a good one, like you mentioned, kind of helps you um, point you in the right direction and how to go find the answers to very many questions that we're going to have in life. And uh, the mission field, boy, I think after 13 plus years, we come up with more questions than answers. And uh, I think that's kind of some of the things we're going to dive into. And a lot of it's going to have to do with I think uh, some of the answers are going to have to do a lot with the personality of the person. And so, though the answers we may all agree on, the struggle to find the balance in some of these areas is really going to depend on the person themselves. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Again, we're going to always come back to Scripture as as not just a guide uh, on how to live out these things, because, you know, not every question that's asked, you find the specific detailed answer in Scripture. but as you're guided with biblical mm-hmm. principles, you'll find examples in scripture and, and how to 
how to implement uh, some of the ways that you should approach the answers to these questions. But I think you're right. A lot of it is going to determine, you know, be determined by your personality. You need to be as, as a missionary, a pastor, whatever area of life you're in, especially when you're dealing with people and you have a busy schedule, uh, you need to learn how to self-evaluate constantly. And I think this is especially important mm -hmm. for the missionary, uh, especially the missionary working in isolation, maybe a missionary working in a part of the world where there's a little contact with other uh, people within your same, you know, language group, uh, other missionaries. Maybe you're you're out in the middle of a desert somewhere by yourself, and uh, if you if you don't learn to ask yourself self these questions and how to evaluate honestly where you are, uh, then you you know you're going to struggle in the long term and you'll end up burning out. And so these are really some uh, insightful questions, and these are questions that. I wish I would have been able to articulate when I was younger. And so shout out to my cousin, Adam, for sending these questions. And we're going to go through them one by one. We'll see how far we get today. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. So number one, the first question that is asked is, it's more of a statement and then put into a question. He says, it seems that people in ministry are either more project-oriented or people oriented, all right? Which do you think a pastor should be more of, okay? And why? Okay. So, first of all, Eric, what are you more naturally? Are you more inclined <clears throat> in your interactions in life to be more people oriented or more project oriented? And maybe let's try to define what that means to you and I'll kind of define what that means to me and then how how do you approach it more? Well, it's interesting. When I read that, I thought I, I thought the interpretation I had right away was, you know, do you you tend to gravitate towards spending time more with people or doing projects, whether it be a construction project or a big day or something that is usually associated with what uh, planning takes place. And I would say naturally, uh, I think I lean more towards people. But I will say over the years, I definitely see uh, how much the project side has crept into the ministry as as the ministry has grown, as we've expanded by sending out more church planners. There is a great pull more than ever uh, to work more on projects. In fact, we're in the middle of a couple right now, some construction, some are activity based with uh, other missionaries that we're planning. And I can see how. Sometimes we can be caught up so much in the planning stages that I can let a day or two go by where people in the church haven't been contacted, um, you know, not necessarily thinking about the next discipleship class. or So I, I think that's kind of how I'm gathering that question. How about you? Yeah, I would say the same. I, let, let me pose it this way it's in a way to evaluate stuff, because I'll, I'll share kind of how I feel I'm more naturally oriented. But when you, in your everyday interactions with life, let's say, you know, a week goes by, do you feel more refreshed? Um, not so much, I won't use the word accomplished, but do you feel more refreshed when you've had a spent, you know, great quality time with with people you interact with in your church and friends and family, or do you feel more refreshed when you've accomplished a big project? Uh, what, 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 what kind of motivates you and, and drives you more? Yeah, I definitely would say it's the spending the time with people, you know, specifically lately, 
Um, in fact, just this past Thursday, before church servers, I started a new discipleship class with a young uh, gentleman who has amazing potential in the Lord. Uh, that same night, we have time together with the church where we pray together. Um, and then even Sunday, last Sunday, was just a normal Sunday, nothing special. Uh, we had a what I consider a full house, even though some families were out. And at the end of the service, leaving church, I just I talked to my wife. I said, you know, when we're we're getting close to the end in our lives and we look back, we're going to be thankful for days like today, this Sunday, this normal day with people who you came up and tell you how the message meant something to them. And and you could see people who have been struggling with faithfulness come to church. And really, a, a pastor or missionary understands how more important those days often are than Certainly. maybe a really large day or maybe the finishing of a for me fin the finishing of a, a project a lot of times is just woo <laughs> thank the lord it's done um so that's kind of how i lean yeah and i would say uh, a lot of a lot of men are like that in the ministry and that's <clears throat> that's you want to be people oriented for sure and I would say we're going to get down into the nitty gritty of it, but I think there are two types of people. There are those mm -hmm. who do, they are refreshed and thrive off of interaction, social interaction. Um, I think of my son, Tristan, my oldest, uh, he has to have interaction with other people. He he thrives off of that and he's refreshed. I think mm -hmm. of my uh, friend and colleague in the ministry, Daniel Jenkins, fellow BIMI missionary down in the Gambia. And uh, I'm just amazed at how easily he can make friendships and just, you know, the other day, no, well, not the other day, a few months ago, we were down in the Gambia and he was telling me how, yeah, I just uh, became friends with, he's the president of a, one of the biggest banks in Gambia and just started chatting with him, got to know him a little bit and like they're best buddies <laughs> now. And so it's just, to me, that's amazing to me, just that natural uh, ability to interact with people, make friends. Um, I covet that sometimes. I, I would say I'm more the opposite. Um, I find myself, I, I am just as content to spend a week isolated somewhere, editing video, reading books, studying. I can go a week without interacting with anybody socially, you know, except for my family. Family doesn't count, but, uh, you know, we, that's a whole different dynamic. We, we, thrive off of that. We live, you know, we need each other, but I'm just talking about social interaction with people that you're ministering mm -hmm. to and things like that. You know, I could go a week or so, uh, just kind of isolated away reading and it doesn't, I I'm refreshed by that. And I, I do enjoy getting, you know, when I've accomplished a big project, whether it's a big video I've filmed that we've edited. Um, but at the same time, you still interact with people. Uh, you know, I think about growing up, I made all kinds of films and, and videos and, when you're filming a project, a video, you interact with individuals. And so there's that social aspect of being people oriented, but then there's way more hours spent in post-production by yourself in front of a computer doing the mm -hmm. editing. And I, I love that just as much. I love putting it together. And then that sense of accomplishment when it's finished. Um, so for me, I would say I lean more naturally project oriented and I have to work harder at being uh, people oriented. And so the question he asks is which should a mm -hmm. pastor be more of and why, mm -hmm. how, how would you answer that? Mm -hmm. You kind of answered a little bit, obviously we, we think, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, let me answer it. Also explain maybe why people choose. Cause I would think most people, 
like you mentioned, I'm a little surprised by you because you're a very outgoing person, but I can understand that with the background now with the um, the editing and film. I can understand how you've developed that over the years and come accustomed to that and enjoy the, the finished product. So that makes more sense. It's probably less to do with you being an introvert because you're not an introvert. It has more to do with probably the satisfaction well, well, of what it, you've enjoyed over the time, over the years. Well, to be honest with you, I think one of the reasons God called me to be a missionary at such a young age is because it, I, I knew I would be interacting with people and, <laughs> you know, I knew I would be up in front preaching and things like that and teaching and interacting. And so mm -hmm. I had, I had to, that's a learn, I, I think personally, I don't think it's natural to me. I think I, I had mm -hmm. to learn that behavior. I had to learn to put myself out there to interact. And, and I know, I, I know that I consciously put mm -hmm, effort mm -hmm. into learning mm -hmm. to be effort. Cause we're going to get later into how you need to, if you're not people oriented, you need to schedule time specifically to work with people and to spend time mm -hmm. with people. And so I would say for me, that aspect of my life of, of interacting with people and, and being outgoing and all of that, I've worked hard at that by the grace of God to develop that. Whereas more naturally I'm content to just, you know, be isolated. And I think, I think there's a lot of preachers like that, that need to recognize that, mm. that, Hey, this is your natural personality, but you need to work hard at interacting with people. Right. I I'll let you continue there on, on your thoughts. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think ultimately we understand that, you know, wood, hay and stubble are going to stay behind. It's people's souls that are going to go to heaven and what are going to last and lives being transformed. So I think we all can agree that we need to be people oriented and certain people need probably more of a kick in the pants than others because it just has to do with personality or maybe sometimes a wrong focus. I know when we go to the States, it's very funny. I'll give you a real brief, interesting fact. Josh helped us make a really great video for our presentation. We went home this summer on furlough and, you know, I worked really hard in some of the backgrounds uh, to show our church building and the you know the, the facilities we had, and it was funny. We talk a lot about people's lives being changed and transformed, and it seemed like nine out of ten comments that I got from people in America had to do with how beautiful our church looked, and so little seemed to impact some people in their mind first and foremost about the people. It was it were the things, and I you know that kind of I'm not saying it rubbed me the wrong way, but I realized. Sometimes we can have a focus on the exterior and the the projects and the buildings and everything uh, more than sometimes people's changed lives. And I I thought about yeah. that and I thought, you know, we really need to work on that. And, and I know I enjoy being around people, but I think often we choose projects, Josh, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more in the future here. It's because people are messy. The problems are messy. Mm. Their situations are messy. Uh, they let us down. A building or a big day or or a project, it doesn't let us down. It's there. It's inanimate. And right. sometimes it just, and it's, you know, it's not going to talk back to us. And so sometimes it just, it's just easier. <laughs> so we, we tend to go that direction. Yeah. If you're naturally introverted and, and if you get <laughs> discouraged easy by negative interaction with people, and you're, you're going to get that a lot in ministry, you're going to have, and not just negative where mm -hmm. people are against you, but just the overall negative, you know, negative in the sense of it's a constant spiritual warfare that you're dealing with. And you are constantly counseling people in difficult times in their life. And it can, it can weigh heavy on some people and people who are not 
ministers and preachers who are not naturally people oriented can can really get bogged down and, and fatigued uh, with that type of interaction. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I think the answer to the question is, you know, the obvious answer would seem you you need to be more people oriented. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of your calling is to to work with people right and so uh, you look mm-hmm. at the apostle paul who certainly was was in a lot of ways project oriented you know but in a lot of ways he was people oriented i think he had a great yeah. balance in the way that he worked with people you know he talked about uh nurturing his churches you know as a father you know takes care of his children and so he understood that that interaction and that necessity to spend time what he told the ephesian church we just read this as a church uh, the other day he told the ephesian yeah. church that i labored night and day house to house and with you interacting personally with each and every one of you you know teaching you these things to follow after and so uh, paul's great project was to evangelize the world but that doesn't get done unless you're working mm-hmm. and interacting with people that's that's the main yeah. point but I would say, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Acts 6 is a perfect example of this. I mean, perfect example of them seeing a need in the church, the church body saying, hey, the pastors, the leaders in the church here need to be involved with people's needs. I'm sorry, with people, with the word of God and prayer. And, you know, these other projects, we need to get other people helping the pastor out because even though it is an interaction. Like there is a priority scale in the life of a pastor. And, you know, it is a spiritual minded mindset. Sometimes the projects aren't necessarily spiritually in nature. And that's where we have to get help. And I think sometimes I know in my own life, I can, you know, as the old phrase says, I can choose good uh, over the, or better, or be, good over better or the best. <laughs> and so uh, I think that's a struggle in everyone's life. But especially with preachers, and I think it has to do with, you know, choosing people's interaction with people and their needs over things that aren't maybe necessarily the most important. It's always something we have to, as you say, constantly be evaluating. Yeah, and that's something that in the second question that we get into, second or third question, I think, talking about delegating those responsibilities um, if you're not naturally one or the other, um, I think – I think when it comes to church administration, because that's what we're speaking to here, we're talking about somebody who is working in church leadership and church administration, what you should, what should you be more geared toward? And like we said, definitely everything is geared toward ministering to people, interacting with people. But I also think what you emphasize is it's going to depend on your role in church administration, right? So when, like you said, you brought up the, I have the same things written down that basically when we're talking about church administration, we're speaking about both spiritual and the carnal or material administration mm-hmm. of a church, right? And so if you have somebody who's designated as the treasurer, well, his role is to be oriented to the projects that the the money of the church <clears throat> needs to go to and everything needs to be allocated. And so he needs to be geared toward that and uh, be more focused and honed in. Um there's there's a political commentator I listen to, and a lot of times he, when referring to political leaders, he says, I don't want politicians who are empathetic. I want them to just do their job with facts, right? And so we don't, when it comes to church, you have to balance both, though. You have to be empathetic with people, but at the same time, depending mm-hmm. on your role in the church, uh, sometimes you just got to get things done. and 
not, you you don't, you know, roll over people, but you just, you have to be able to find that right balance. And so I, I would say that your projects, okay, if we're talking about project and people, I would say when it comes to the church, your project should be oriented to people for the glory of God. So whether it's your, your, you have a teaching project, you're preaching, a building project, youth projects, community outreach, every project that you start should be people oriented. And if you keep that in mind, mm-hmm. that the purpose of the church is to gather and edify one another, uh, then I think that you'll be able to maintain that people orientation in your projects. And so I would just simply say, uh, before we move on to the second question, and you can add on anything before we do, but I would just say, you should orient all that you do to the furthering of the gospel in both discipleship and evangelism. And that means interacting with people. And so whether you're people oriented or project oriented, uh, everything at the end of the day is to be done for God's glory, for the edifying of his people and the evangelization of the lost. So that brings us to the second question, which is how do you balance uh, within yourself? How do you balance that people and project orientation, whichever one you're more natural at, how do you balance that within yourself Mm -hmm. so that you don't shift to the extreme side of one or the other? Well, I think that's a great uh, question. And it really presupposes something that's probably a reality, which is that we often do get things out of balance and that we have to be constantly working in these areas of our lives. In this specific area, we're talking about projects and people. Um, And I'll say this, that some of it is unavoidable. I mean, if you're going to build a church building, you you, you really can't necessarily do 50% of your time with people and 50% of your time, you know, working on this project. You just have to work hard at not becoming like 99 and one. You know, the idea is that there are, there are stretches in life where you have a big project going on and you have to, um, you know, try to allocate time for your family, time for rest and time for people in your church. And so it's more about understanding, in my opinion, understanding um, the season of life. Now, if you have a season of life where there's not a lot of projects going on, it's probably a good time because I don't know that there's necessarily uh, anything bad having a lot of time with people. Now, we we understand if spending all your time with church people and not any your time with in uh, prayer and study of the word and your family, that's also an out of balance. But I think um, finding that balance really has to do with having a good schedule, um, trying not to be out of balance in most other areas of your life when it comes to having a hobby or, uh, you know, some people love spending time with their family so much that they don't spend time with the church people. I've seen that too. And that's, that's great that they have a close relationship with their family. There's nothing wrong with that. The Lord will bless their family, but their ministry may not grow. And so it's always constantly trying to find that balance. You know, I love to go on vacation. Uh, we just did, uh, but it had been a long time and we needed that rest, but, uh, we had actually had another opportunity. Someone offered us a place for free just, uh, I guess next week. And we said, well, we just went on a vacation three and a half weeks ago. We can't go on another one. We got things to do. And so I think really it's about being honest with yourself, evaluating the time uh, that you're spending and understanding that, um, you know, people need time, but also people with their messy lives sometimes can drain you. And so projects are also good time to disconnect from people and things and, um, you know, work on things, refresh yourselves. And so I just think, Josh, honestly, it's a, it's a, it's a constancy every day. My wife and I 
before I head off to the office here or head out to do some errands or, or sometimes she's going off to do things, we'll always make sure we take time at the beginning of the day, the end of the day to just kind of make sure we're on the same page, uh, that we're not missing anything. And I think that helps us both know where the balance is. If we're spending enough time together with the kids, uh, are we, are we letting things slip? And I think it's just that constant reevaluation. Um, those who love projects, I know other missionaries, you do too, that sometimes it's just, they just stack them up and they're like, I don't have any time for this. And it's just because they haven't maybe looked at their calendar and seen the, the, the out of balance uh, way they're living their life. I definitely agree. Yes. I think that, you know, anything in life that you have, whether it's your computer that you're, you know, overloading with opening up all the, you know, apps that you're using and everything, or whether it's your car that you're driving all the time, it gets out of line, right? It gets, it gets overloaded. It gets out of line. You know, you have to realign the tires. You have to reset your computer just to get it back working properly again. And, and that's the way we are really. I mean, the fact that God created us with a need for sleep, right? Just the fact that we need mm -hmm. to reset every night. And in fact, I've done a lot of studying recently about sleep and getting enough sleep and what happens to your body while you're sleeping. It's incredible. God designed your body to, it repairs itself while you're sleeping. Um, you know, your brain function, everything is kind of being reset. There's this chemical that's released, kind of this deal in your brain that it resets everything and it purges out. It just, it's an incredible system that God has designed that in order for your body not to overload, for you to continue, you need to rest, you need to sleep. And I think that we are all naturally inclined to, to be, to shift to one extreme or the other, depending on what we're more naturally oriented to. And a good time of reset is a time in which we can get back. You know, you go on a short vacation, you come back and you're all right, you're ready to go. And you, you know, you understand I, I've got to reach people and we got these projects to do. Um, I remember back when we were raising support, I was interning at our home church and I was spending weeks making phone calls with little interaction with people. And I remember one day I just, I was challenged that, man, I need to purpose into my schedule a time to reach people. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, added that in, I wrote a letter to a guy in the church and just out of the blue and, to me, it was so refreshing to see his response because it was just what he needed at that time to have that interaction and encouragement. And so um, you need to have those times. You need to be intentional. You need to have those times. But I would say uh, you need to learn to create what I think a lot of people refer to as margin in your schedule. If you're going to if you're going to maintain balance, you need to put margin in your schedule. There's a really good book that I have in front of me. It's um, Pastor Paul Chapel. He wrote it recently with some of his experiences. It's called Stewarding Life. I highly recommend this book. What I love about Pastor Chapel is that um, he takes some of his own experiences, even some of the experiences that where he admits he overdid it and he was overloaded and he learned from them. And then he presents, hey, this is what not to do. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do. And he has an excellent chapter uh, called Margin and Rest. And I like how he opens. He said, Jesus Christ was the most productive person to ever walk this earth. And yet I don't picture Jesus going about his days in a hurried, overloaded frenzy. Okay, do you? Mm -hmm. And it's true. You know, Jesus, Jesus spent time with his disciples. Jesus, uh, you know, he healed the masses. He taught the masses. He worked one-on-one -on -one, and he had a million projects going on. And he was he had all this that he was doing. 
And yet you don't get the sense that he he was overloaded or stressed out by the work. And I think a good sign that you're un, unbalanced is when you start getting stressed out and you start just losing your fuse and, and you just, or you want to, you know, just kind of isolate yourself and get away. And so you need to be able to evaluate that. And so there's some things that, you know, I really recommend this book. He defines what margin is. And you talked about a little bit, you know, we whether you call it vacation or, or whatever you want to call it, uh, here's how they define margin. He, he writes in the book, the most helpful definition of margin I've ever read is by Dr. Richard Swenson. He defines margin as the space between our load and our limits. It is the amount allowed between that which is needed. It is something held in reserve for contingencies or unanticipated situations. Margin is the gap between rest and exhaustion, the space between breathing freely and suffocating. And so we need to learn to find that balance and put mm -hmm. that into our lives because if you're if you're oriented to projects, uh the more frenzied you get about fulfilling those projects, the less you're going to spend time with people, uh, or it can be vice versa. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, and I thought I want to add something in there because I think it's a good point is that, um, there are people sometimes when they think about being people oriented, it's like, well, either we're evangelizing, we're doing discipleship or we're doing counseling. And though that is true, that is, there are three big aspects to, uh, being people oriented one of the things I think I've learned a little later in life of our ministry than in the beginning, because in the beginning, it did seem like a lot of it was evangelism, discipleship, counseling, and that mentally and spiritually can get very taxing. What I've learned a little later on that is vitally important is more of sometimes just hosting someone at your house for dinner or lunch and getting to know them. Um, you know, maybe evangelism comes up. Maybe you get a chance to lead them to the Lord. Maybe you're just opening the door, uh, visiting them in their their house if they've invited them over. Um, you know, sometimes just working together, like having them say, hey, I need you to help me on this project. And you just you kind of have normal daily uh, interactions or sometimes it's meeting at a third party place and having fun, whether it be at a restaurant or a ball game. And I think sometimes I've saw this was personally with my life early on. The, the people interaction seemed to be it was scheduled as far as. You know, I'm I'm on. I'm on as a pastor. I'm on as a missionary. You know, I'm looking for those opportunities to tell them about Jesus. And I felt like a lot of times I wasn't relaxed. And the more I've learned to have relaxed people settings, the more we've actually seen more spiritual fruit from that. And so I think maybe some guys come uh, to the field with that mentality. I did, and I had to I had to work on it. <laughs> That's great. I agree. You you need that time of interaction that you know. Just like you said, where you are interacting just kind of in the real world and getting that, mm -hmm. um, you know, getting that edification of, you know, the way God created us to, you know, he created us, what did Paul say, to enjoy all things, you know. And so, yeah, I think as missionaries, sometimes we think, ah, you know, I've, I've got to do this, this and this. And that's, you know, that's that. But, yeah, you definitely need to create that margin in your schedule. And then on, on a spiritual realm, I think it's I think it's just as important. Uh, to to make sure you have that social interaction like you're mentioning. And then on a spiritual realm as well, you know, you look at the life of Christ. He spent time in prayer. He spent time with the Father. Mm -hmm. uh, he he prioritized worship. And I think that is one of the keys as well. You mentioned to, to maintain a balance in your ministry and family life, you keep open communication with your wife. 
And uh, I try to do that as much as I can. And I try whenever my wife approaches me with, hey, I don't I feel like this needs to be addressed. Man, keep an open heart and mind because uh, mm -hmm. they're going to help you find that balance. And a lot of times other people see the imbalance in you. Uh, that you sometimes can't see in yourself. And so I would say definitely, you know, spend that time with people, ask those who are close to you to, Hey, can you evaluate me? Do you, do you see any changes in me? Am I, am I kind of leaning toward one side or the other? And especially those closest to you, you know, maintain that open communication and then make sure you spend that time to margin in that time for prayer and your time alone with the Lord. Well, that brings us to question number three, which is continuing on this theme of, you know, whether you're people oriented or project oriented. And the question is, if you are people oriented, how do you get projects done? All right. So if you're more naturally inclined to enjoy spending time with people, being a people person, uh, how do you how do you find ways to get projects done if that's not your forte? Well, I, I think uh, we have to be careful. Um... I think it's easy and just talking from personal experiences, if uh, you don't know how to do something and you don't know how to get it done, <laughs> often we just don't do it. And that can be uh, sometimes just being lazy. Right. So if uh, we're more people oriented, we like hanging out with people, you know, whether it be discipleship or hanging out at houses or taking them out doing things. But you need to start going down the road to get a church building, uh, get a piece of property. Uh, you know, have a big celebration for your anniversary, whatever, whatever the, the project might be. I think it really has to do with one um, kind of hunkering down and doing a, a big picture view of the need and trying to figure out uh, what what things you're going to need to accomplish it. And then also being um, very self-effacing and understanding that if you are not the person who can accomplish this, that you surround yourself with people who can, uh, that you go properly find, whether it be construction people, printers, designers, um, whatever your project is, that you have good quality people that you can afford uh, working with you, whether you're paying them, their volunteer basis. Um, and I really feel like a lot of it has to do with being able to take a big step back and count the cost, see the project, and then divide it up into pieces, and then just being diligent to follow through. Um, there are a lot of half-built buildings between my house and the church, and uh, people who started a project, uh, but whether it be for finances, for whatever reason, didn't finish the task. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, that is a lot of work, and a lot of times people don't want to do all the steps that involve that. Yeah, I have the same exact thing written down. You got to schedule the time to get your projects done or you recruit men and women who can focus on the task. You delegate. Obviously, we understand the principle of delegation when you're a leader. But I would say even more is important than just general delegation is learn to delegate to your weakness. Right. And so mm -hmm. if. If there's something pressing, you know, the toilet is broken in the bathroom at the church and it needs to be fixed. You're like, oh, I can handle it. But you stop and chat with every person on the way because you're people oriented and you can't just focus in on it. Well, then you need to delegate somebody who 
can just focus in something needs to be fixed. I'm going to go do it. And, um, it's not about you, you know, you're, you're not prioritizing people. It's, there's a task <laughs> to be done mm-hmm. we need to get it done. And so if that's you, if you're more oriented to, you know, around people, not as much around projects, uh, then you need to learn. Yeah. To find somebody, a supervisor of, of a project, an overseer of a project that they can accomplish it and focus on the task. And so, um, you know, both you and I as missionaries have had the experience of uh, needing to oversee projects uh, as they come and as they're being built. And I've seen different kinds of people, yeah, at the work site, you know, for whatever project we may have, that some guys it takes longer to get to the, uh, you know, the goal because they like to stop and chat and, and they need that interaction. Whereas others are just kind of, you know, honed in on the task. Let's get it done. Whether you're with me or not, I'm going to get it done. And there is a balance there in the middle that you need to find. And I think you address that and just getting the right people around you to make sure that you're accomplishing those things. Uh, And then the fourth one, and this is how we'll kind of close out today. We'll finish up more questions in the next few podcasts, but he just asked the opposite. So if you're project oriented, how do you become more people oriented? And uh, I would say for me, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, and even it's the same answer as question three, you got to schedule the time. You need to schedule time with people. Um, Even if it's just recreational, if it's just social interaction, you need to schedule that time. So, um, you know, I can get so caught up in projects that I can go a week by, you know, where I'm doing all these projects, vid- video editing, uh, you know, we're, we're working on land development now. We've got church building that we're going to put up. We've got a medical clinic that we're going to build. We have a Bible Institute we want to build. And, and all of that involves getting the right people, putting together the right teams. And there's just, I, you know, I can go a week where I'm just focusing in on these projects and realize, man, we didn't get away as a family and spend family day together. We didn't interact. We need to, we need to call up another missionary family and schedule a time. That's kind of what happened last week, last Friday. We were scheduled to do our podcast, and uh, we're going to get a little vulnerable here, you know. But it just didn't work out because I had forgotten we had planned a day away on that Friday to go spend a birthday party with another missionary family here. And we needed that. We needed that time as a family to interact. Our kids needed that. And so I could have said, no, yeah, I got this project, the Missionary Perspective Podcast. I got to get it done. But um, Listen yeah, you to by dozens. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> those uh, those three people that listen every week, they're going to be moms. really disappointed, you know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's the point. It's It's about intentionality. It's about being intentional, whether if you're project oriented, step back and say, hey, have I interacted with people this week? Because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Am I reaching people for the glory of God? Am I creating margin in my schedule so I don't burn out and I don't, you know, drift to one extreme or the other? And I'm just trying to fulfill what God's called me to do, uh, maintaining a biblical balance in how we're to accomplish these things. Well, Eric, do you have anything you want to close on in that thought? Yeah, um, just real quick. I think the the question number three is more, um, we understand we have to be people-oriented. Question number four, it's not really about necessarily, you know, should we do be doing more projects than people? I think we know the answers. We should need to be spending more time with people. That is the priority. Um, but what I had down just real quickly is that, the projects, buildings, big days, 
uh, video presentations, whatever it is, there is a satisfaction when a job is completed, but it's not the same than when you see people's lives transformed. And people's lives aren't transformed by us, but we often get to be the catalyst or the, the channel in which we see that happen. And the more that we do that, the more that you spend that time and you see people's lives affected, the more you realize how sometimes the things we worry about with projects are really not nearly as significant as the time we invest in people and whatever that may be. I found out early on in ministry, Josh, <clears throat> one of the most, the two most special times we could spend with people that they remembered was coming to their birthday parties and going to their, their family's funerals. Those two things uh, in the Dominican culture really went a long way when we showed up for their birthday parties and when we showed up uh, to help them be along their side when they cried at their family's funerals. Uh, and I realized it had nothing to do with the words I said. It was just my presence. And so people really are the main thing there. And uh, the projects are great. We need them, especially for things to last. But uh, those aren't the things that last forever. The people are what last. Well, I 100% agree with you. And uh, we're going to close it out there. We'll come back next week. There's, I think, 12 questions total, 12 or 14. Let me see. 14 questions. So I think we've got a couple podcasts ahead of us um, and they just keep getting better, the questions. So again, Adam, shout out to you. Thanks for listening and thanks for sending in uh, these questions. And hey, if you're watching this on video, be sure to like and, and subscribe to the channel, whether it's YouTube, whether it's Facebook, uh, Instagram, and leave a comment below. How would you answer these questions? Uh, what What's your experience? Uh, how do you create margin? How do you schedule your time? Let us know. Are you more people-oriented? or are you more project oriented and I'd, I'd be curious maybe we'll do a poll out there and uh, try to find out kind of what people are more geared toward but at the end of the day uh, God's called us to win souls for Christ uh, for the glory of God and so let's Amen. let's trust the Lord as we seek him and, uh, and keep a good balance as we seek to fulfill God's calling on our lives well this is Josh Mead from Senegal West Africa and Eric Johnson from the DR. God bless and have a great week.